Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Jennifer Chapman, who is a certified life coach, speaker, and is an international best-selling co-author of Soulology. Jennifer, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks for having me today. Of course. Thanks for coming on, and we like to jump right in. So if you could start with just telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you'd like to do for fun, that'd be great. Wow, what do I like to do for fun? So I'm so I'm born and raised in Indianapolis and um, graduated Ball State University and went into sales uh, right away and honestly had a, a pretty pretty good successful run at it for 16 years or so and in a couple different industries and um, and then shifted plans for my life in 2017 when I actually suffered a life-changing stroke at 34. And so that's really while I was in corporate sales so these last, it's been six years and, and really it's been a, a, quite the, you know, journey of self-exploration and, and growth and development for me from a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual standpoint, all, all of it encompassing. So during, during the pandemic in 2020, when I was, I was actually working for just a, a locally owned um, home health company, but really what a gift that was when we were all kind of locked in our houses for me to really, you know, start to think, can I do something? I know I'm meant to do something bigger and something more. What, what does that look like? And so I started to just, you know, uh, take some, take, take some trainings and start to connect with others virtually and um, said yes to a coaching certification in 2021. That was a year long. And while I was still working full time and really that was the most healing and transformative work I'd ever done for myself in this coaching certification, let alone being able to have tools and, and resources to serve others. Uh, and then I took a huge leap of faith on my five-year stroke anniversary last year to go full-time as a, as a coach and speaker. There we go. So stroke at 34, was it just a freak accident? Was it the stress? Was it like what? Because that's not typical, I feel like, strokes at 34. It's certainly not typical. And without any family history or anything that would say, yes, Jennifer, this is a potential that could happen for you. That was, you know, it was a complete shock. And I will tell you, I mean, I had, I very much took care of myself from a physical standpoint. I was a former athlete growing up was very intense workout type of girl before this happened. So when I was, when it was happening, obviously we didn't know that's what was happening. And I got to the hospital very quickly and they did not diagnose me with stroke right away, potentially because of my age. He thought I was just experiencing vertigo. And luckily my family advocated for me and said, this is not vertigo. This is something more is happening here. And so they, kicked that neurologist out and another one came in a few hours later and, and noticed that I had from the MRI, I had three blood clots in my, in my brain. So it was, it sounds scary and it is the word stroke is very scary. And um, yeah, for the first few months it was, I had to go through a lot of physical rehab and therapy and recovery to, to certainly get to where I'm at. And I definitely think being a, being a former athlete and being as competitive as I am played to my favor when it came to recovery for sure. I got gotcha. you. What sports did you used to play? 
tennis was my big one. I played it year round for years and um, haven't played it in a while, honestly. I'd be curious what I, <laughs> how I'd show up if I did play. Yeah. Out of curiosity. Yeah. But Pilates, since my stroke, Pilates has been my, a, a true gift, honestly, with regards to, I never thought I would do Pilates before stroke. Truthfully, it was never my style of workout, but now it's, it's hard every single time. And it's so good from a mental and emotional release standpoint, just stretching and breathing and just learning the importance of both of those things has really helped me as well. Yeah. I got you. And so do you guys ever figure out like how the blood clots formed or was it just like a freak thing that happened? It's, I don't know if it's hardly ever a freak thing. I think that if you're willing to, you know, be your own advocate and continue to find the right doctors that are willing to go, um, you know, to the root of things and not just, um, yeah, I don't know, really it, it was, it took, it took 18 months for them to figure out what caused the, the stroke. So it was a tear in my artery in the back of my neck. So my neurologist was, that was kind of peace of mind for her. Like we found it, everything looks good. It's healed. We don't need to do anything else. My curiosity was, well, how did I get the tear? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until 2021 that I met with another doctor that was like through lots of blood work and exploration that my body was producing way too much calcium and high levels of calcium can cause your arteries to thin and narrow and eventually tear. So luckily my calcium's, you know, normal levels now, and we've, we've done what needed to be done to, to make sure that happened. But it, yeah, I, I could, this could be a different episode with regards to traditional healthcare and, and how to navigate that versus going a more holistic approach and, and the way they do things so differently when it comes to going to the root of something and not masking the symptoms and taking prescriptions and things like that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I'm glad that you kept trucking along and you figured it out. And thank you. so then you started getting a coaching certification in COVID in 2020. Is that right? Um, I said yes to the coaching certification in 21. Mm-hmm. I knew in 2020, that's kind of when I created my, my brand and my company, it's called just commit coaching. Um, yeah, but it was, it was no, I felt like I wanted, I wanted the credibility and confidence to know, okay, I know I want to coach. What does that look like? Right? Like what are, what are the tools and resources? And, And the reason I said, knew I wanted to be a coach was because in 2018, so about a, a year and a half after my stroke, I was struggling mentally and emotionally. It was no longer, I did physically, I had, I had, you know, done what I needed to do to recover. Um, but I, yeah, I went back to corporate sales and I was really struggling, um, with what I call emotional instability. And it was like, I'm still working at this really high level. And yet I'm very emotional all the time. Why is that? You know, I don't want to continue to feel like this anymore. What What's going on? And, and I tried therapy and that got me to a certain point. And then a friend recommended a life coach. And in 2018, it's not like that was that long ago, but certainly yeah. life coaching wasn't as known as it. I feel like it is now. And yeah. she's like, why not try one? And I was, I was willing and open to do that. And so I said yes to one and worked with her for, for several months. And she helped me kind of, I say change my life, but it was certainly the start of um, kind of embracing this new version of me because there's a grieving process when you go through a life-changing event like a stroke for sure 
And that's what I was doing and didn't know it until I did the work to, to really under process that and, and now know how to move forward with, with who I am now. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. So the life coach helped you acknowledge that you need to do the work and get started with it. Did she just give you tools and tactics or was it like during the sessions that a lot of the work happened? It was, they were powerful sessions. You know, it was really, uh, I remember the, like the first session when she asked me if I had ever asked myself, why me? And I remember saying, I don't remember asking that specifically. Right. But I was surrounded by friends and family that were certainly asking that, like, why, why this happened to Jennifer? We can't believe it. She's the, she's the healthiest person in our family. How, why did this happen to her? And she, my coach looked at me and said, that's because you need to ask yourself, why not me? And I was like, Ooh, that land's different. Um, let me process that, you know, and it certainly took several months to really understand like this happened for me. Yeah. This happened for a reason. What can I learn from it? What, what can I do with this? What can I, what can I do with this, um, this gift? And it's taken, you know, it's, it's been six years. And for me to say, it's such a, a big, powerful, um, ex, you know, experience in my life. And I'm going to use it to, to a, my strength and advantage and, and embrace the gift that it, that it was for me. So it, that takes work to be able to say that, you know, and I, there's lots of stroke survivors out there that I unfortunately see that aren't there. Yeah. And I don't know if they were ever get there and until they embrace the fact of understanding what the reason was for them, they're going to stay stuck. And that's where I knew I didn't want to be anymore. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, cool. So we, we've heard a little bit about your past, a little bit about what you're doing now. Tell us about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going? I feel like we've hinted at it, but what is yeah. Like the? Yeah, great. That's such a great question. And, you know, I, I was had a conversation with somebody recently and he's like, he said something like you had a career at one time and now you've stepped into your calling. Mm. And I was like, Ooh, I have, I have, I have. And it motivation for me are the conversations that I get to share with whether they be clients or an audience of people. Um, when I speak about my story and for them to have their own aha moments, mm-hmm. Like that's, that keeps me going. It's why I do what I do. You know, when I can serve my clients and for them to have a moment of stepping back into their power and kind of letting go what they no longer can control and tap into, you know, it's all about self for me. So it's for them to love themselves for them to accept themselves, for them to align with what's really important to them is it's magic to, to witness. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's really cool. I like Thank that. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And so when you're working with them day to day, does it look like a, you know, five week program? Is it sessions as they need it? Like, how does it go? Yeah. Um, when it's one-to-one, it's, it's sessions. So they get so many sessions within three months or six months. And then I also have, I launched last month, my first small group program with women, which is really a great starting point. If you're not ready or, you know, not, not wanting to commit to 
the the one to one, which is a which is deep. It's a deeper dive program when you go one to one versus small group. There's so much power in small group, and you know I've worked with a coach now for about a year, and she's she's certainly a business coach, and also does we still she still supports us doing kind of the inner work and making sure we continue to get out of our own way when we when we're running a business. But it's cool to be a part of a small group when we're in similar points, potentially whether it's life or business or whatever, why, whatever you said yes to when it comes to coaching, that you're not alone and maybe what you think you're going through. And so for me, you know, I've got a few women in my small group and it's they're they don't know each other, right? They've met each other now. It's, it's an eight week program, but they're in very similar places in their life. It doesn't matter age or, or anything like that. It's just, here's what I'm feeling like. You know, I feel emotionally heavy. I feel lost. I feel unfulfilled. I no longer want to stay this way. So I, it's cool to bear witness in just eight weeks, how to at least get them started and catapulted into where they want to be. And they're doing it together. Yeah. That's really awesome. Thank you. I like the uh, small group model just because vulnerability, intimacy, it's great one-to-one. But I think we need both. We need the one-to-one. And then we also need the community level where it's like, there are many people I can trust, many people that I can kind of confide in and that can build me up and that I can build up because in the one-to-one, it can be like, um, I feel like there's more room for imbalance because maybe one person can't, like if you're not a coach, for example, like a lot of people might put a lot on one spouse or a lot on one friend or Mm -hmm. that dynamic is there. And this is me speaking from experience. Growing up, I put a lot on my spouse or somebody who I was really close to because I couldn't trust the people around me. But then I feel like when you have that community around you, you know, you can confide in other people, you can trust other people, you can spread the love around other people. And then if you are in a position where you need to be healing, um, a community can might be able to support it better than one person. It really depends on the person you have around you because maybe you yeah. hang around a beast. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, community, it just, it helps in various ways. So I like the <laughs> small group model and the one-to-one model and having both. Yeah, thank you. I, I do too. And I, whether it's one-to-one or group, it's, it's for me as a coach, like similar to what you said, creating a safe space for them to be in process without judgment is the other big word. I think, you know, it's not being judged for anything that you're going to say or think or feel. Whereas in your everyday life, you may be experiencing that or feeling that or not knowing how to not judge yourself, which we're really good at as human beings, especially as women. I don't know about for men as, as harshly as, as, you know, as women, we can be our own worst critics, our own worst enemies when it comes to healing and growth. And so being in a, in a space where that's not going to happen is certainly going to help motivate you, hold you accountable, build your confidence up and support you. Yeah. Judging yourself, man, that is like, I feel oh. like the number one thing that gets in the way of like, just cause it's all the noise of like, you know, that negative ego filled yes. inner talk that is, that is going on. And until you get that out the way or learn how to like, 
decouple yourself from those negative thoughts that are in your head, it's really hard to think about anything else. Like you can't think about anything else. You can't see anything else. Like you start to be real biased in the evidence you see for that will support that negativity. It's just, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Well said. And I think so many people still yet don't know about what the ego is yeah, and what it's doing. And it's going through the, going through what I, you know, the work that I've been through, it's understanding it's not a bad thing that it shows up. It's understanding when it shows up, being um, becoming self-aware when it shows up and then how to really create a better relationship with it Yeah. versus letting it take over and control your life. It's still going to show up. But once you continue to do the work, and that's a never ending process is saying like, okay, now I see you. Thanks for showing up and trying to like protect me because that's all it's doing, yep. whether it's healthier and an unhealthy way, but really seeing it as a, as a, creating a different relationship with it and then being able to take maybe different action than you would have taken before. Yeah. Does no, that make absolutely. sense? It yeah. Does. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful work. And I really want to help support more people and really creating a healthier relationship with that part of them. That's potentially in the driver's seat right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so let's just make sure we clearly define the ego for everybody. I feel like we we've talked about how it's those, um, those negative ego filled thoughts and we've alluded to a lot, but if we had to clearly define it, what would you say? I believe the ego, we, we always used to hear that name, that word potentially in high school or something is meaning something else, but it's really just a mask of who you are um, as a protection mechanism. You're just in protection, right? You know, it's, it's like that fight, flight or freeze situation. Like what do you, and that part controlling you versus, you know, a, a tough or hard situation showing up and you instead not fighting about it, right? Or paralyzing or running from it. It's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to see it as it is, accept it for what it is, potentially forgive myself for anything that's, um, that I've been taught to believe or, um, yeah, because I think that the thing that gets in our, our way is the judgment or the misbelief, right? It's like, how many thousands of thoughts do we have every single day? Thousands of thoughts, like 60 to 70% of them, if not more, are negative because that's how we're hardwired. Yep. And it's so it's really being able to pay attention to and becoming conscious of it, which is only like 5% are conscious. The rest is sub subconscious paying attention to every time a thought comes up really becoming self-aware and saying is this true is this really true or is this just a a misunderstanding that i've had about the thought right it's it's like byron katie's work i don't know if you're familiar with her with byron katie but her what she teaches is literally called the work and it's all about thoughts are just thoughts. That's it. Until we make it have meaning. Because our minds are make, are meaning making machines. So it's paying attention to like, okay, that's just the thought. What's what's the truth about the situation versus me judging it or identifying with? For example, a big one for women is, am I good enough? I'm, or I'm not good enough to do this. 
or I can't do this, whatever it is, right? And it's paying attention to, is that really true? And then starting to look for evidence of why it's true. Because the ego is going to do a really good job of finding evidence of why the negative thought is true versus what we call the essence part of us saying, no, I am good enough. And here are, here are specific examples of why that's true. Yep. Hard to do on a consistent basis, but the more you do it, the, the easier it's going to feel as far as being able to find that truth. Yeah, absolutely. And I like how you... um. We're just talking about how the ego isn't necessarily bad because at, at a certain point in life, like you created that mask to protect yourself from whatever it may be. Like maybe you had people around you telling you that you weren't good enough. And so you learned how to act or think in line with that. So you wouldn't be isolated from the group because isolation is a huge fear that we all have. And so in order to not be isolated, to get that social need we all have, you learn to fit in with that idea that you're not good enough or fit in with that idea that, um, people who have money are evil or fit in with that idea that you need to, I don't know, work out really hard or perform really well, or that's how you're going to earn your love, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And so that, that mask you create often comes from some of those insecurities or trauma or whatever we had from when we were really young, Yeah, way more impressionable than we are now. And they just got cemented in yes. our, in our heads. So, but then, Looking at that, being able to A, get the awareness to ask yourself, is that true? And then to keep diving into that curiosity to the point where you understand it, don't judge it, and potentially forgive it if you really yes. get deep. Um, I like that. That's um that that is the work. For for the longest yeah. time, people would come in and they'd be like, Yeah, you gotta do the work, you gotta do the inner work. And I really like couldn't I'm like, what are you talking about <laughs> when you say that? Um, yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like now we have the the brief outline. And then the other thing is that like that process of like A, getting aware and then, you know, B, like understanding to the point where you don't judge and it's safe and you accept it and then you eventually forgive it and then you can take all that energy and redirect it. It's different for everybody. That's why it's such a hard question to answer. Like some people are going to understand themselves by sitting there and like questioning it, but some people have some emotion they need to release first. Like maybe they need to go mm -hmm. cry or scream mm -hmm. or work out or talk to somebody or, and so they're not in a state where they can like accept it or understand it or forgive it just because there's so much pent up energy. And so just different stages, different folks, different activities um, that need to happen for the process to move forward. But um I have a general idea of the outline of the process now, but it is like, you just got to go inside and ask yourself and be curious and get to know yourself and, um, you know, look at it with that non-judging eye or have somebody look at it with a non-judging eye who can ask great questions. Yeah. Well, well, well recapped, by the way, that was really good. And, and, and to what you just said, whether it's a coach or our coach would always tell us that life is a mirror. So it's like it, it this this is an inside out approach to working with a with a, a life coach, right? It's not seeking any of the answers or anything you're looking for externally, which is maybe what we've been taught to do. But it's really giving yourself the permission to go inward. It's like everything that you want, it's already within inside you. It's within you. 
maybe you just don't know it or it's been blocked or it's been pushed down or it's not been believed before because we've also been taught as a society and culture, especially in professional realm, or even depending on your family and how you were raised was like, don't show emotion, push it down, fight it, resist it. Don't show it, especially in a work setting or maybe in front of your dad or grandpa or whomever that was. Our bodies are taking note of that. Our bodies have stored every single thing we've gone through. Good, bad, all of it. And it's listening and it's paying attention and it's telling us signs. We're just trained not to listen until it's, it's until we have to be reactive to it or it gets too loud that it's going to come out louder than you wanted it to. But because you pushed it down for so long, it's like it's like pushing a, a ball down in a pool, right? Yep. Like it's going to it's going to be so really <laughs> so hard. Like if you push it down for so long, your arms are going to get tired. It's going to be feel so hard to keep it down that it is going to come up with a vengeance. Yeah. So it's like, this is an extreme example, but even with regards to my stroke, like a month before my stroke, I had a kidney stone, which I don't recommend for anyone to have to go through that agonizing pain. But that was a sign because kidney stones are developed by high levels of calcium. Mm. But my doctor at the time, all he was worried about was me passing the stone, right? Not how did you get the stone? Let's make sure you're not going to develop any more of those. Yeah. And then literally 30 days later, have this artery dissection that no one could find or know why for so long as to what caused that. And so I, I continued to seek out answers and find the answer to make sure I'm not going to produce any, you know, that much calcium anymore to for buildup or whatever that looks like. That's a, that's an extreme example, but that was my body's sign and telling me like, we, we probably need to look into this. And then the morning of, you know, March 30th, it was like, no, this is this. Now it's time to really pay attention to your body because it's, I tried even that morning to, to think, okay, this is just an episode. I'm going to hope that it subsides and goes away. Cause I was getting really, really dizzy. That was my first symptom, by the way. I felt it was, it happened fast. And I thought, I'm going to hope that, you know, this dizziness is going to go away. I'm going to go to work today and then I'll deal with it when it comes back again. My body's like, no, you're not. And the dizziness just got worse and so on. So that's an extreme example, but our bodies store every single thing we've gone through and trauma's big. We've all gone through something and it's not to compare my trauma with yours or what, you know, there's so many different layers. It's a full spectrum of what trauma is, but until you deal with it, heal it, resolve it, your body's got it stored for you. It's like giving your permission to scream or cry or yell or whatever that is to start to release some of that stuck energy. Cause that's what tears are. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Right. They're, they're, they're meant to come up and out. I know. Absolutely. This is um, like, even just saying that that's what tears are. That's like somebody told me about um, sound therapy and then I, w- I was really skeptical. They were talking on the show about sound therapy and they were like, yeah, there are certain sounds that help you, um, you know, heal your body, release energy, whatever it may be. And they're like, I can give you a real quick example of it. And then I was like, please, please do. I like how everybody uses it. And then she was like, when a scary movie has a jump scene or like a Mm pop-up scene and you scream, 
that is like sound therapy. You felt energy in you and you felt the need to like scream or jump or move to like get that energy out of you. And that's a real basic example of how the sound therapy works on a higher level. You know, we're tapping into different energy and whatnot, but that screaming and just like the tears, like it's our body trying, <laughs> <laughs> trying to communicate to us and trying to help us, you know, get back to homeostasis, basically get back to how it's supposed to run. Um, which I think is so interesting because even when you heard the word homeostasis growing up, it's like <laughs> that wasn't how you were taught about it right. at all. So. <laughs> You're right. And to your point, uh, the power of breath, mm. the power of breath work is also a, um, it's a, it's a, it's such an empowering way to release stuck energy. Yeah. And I don't know how, I don't know. I don't think breath work is huge in the United States quite yet, or I don't know if it ever will be, but I've, I've certainly been to a few sessions and I don't know if you've ever done like a, an intense breath work session. And I, I witnessed one like a week ago, there was a, a professional that came into Indianapolis and led, I didn't know these 200 people. I went with a friend and we all sat in this room in this hotel, this ballroom, if you will, 200 of us laying down and we went through a three hour breath work session. Three hours? Three hours. The most I've ever done is about 45 minutes. Wow. Three hours. <laughs> Tim, it was, it was, I don't want to, I don't know if it was life changing, but it was certainly something I won't, I won't forget for a very long time to witness how in three hours, how many people released so much stuck energy. Yeah. Because wow. you could hear it, you could feel it. Your body does things you didn't think that it would do. Um, lots of tears, you know, lots of um, screaming. And I'm not, I'm not. That's not how I release, but it was certainly tears. Your your hands do the lobster claws, like it's releasing. You feel paralyzed, like it. It was a healing experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tell yeah. you what. <laughs> That's epic. And I believe it too. Like if you had caught me a year ago, year and a half ago, I wouldn't have believed it. But like my wife and I just did like literally one round of the Wim Hof breaths. Yes. My body felt different than it's ever felt before. And I was like, this was just like a, like a very small, like just 30 breaths. Right. Okay. If it was three hours, I'm like, I can only imagine how my body would feel. Ooh, I get chills. I get chills right now thinking about it because it was that <laughs> it was that intense, and I was proud of myself for like trusting it. Yeah, because I think so. I was first introduced to it two years ago, going through my certification. She's she's our 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 coach is a somatic psychotherapist background, so she's very much all about the body and knows all the ways of of healing and releasing energy, and she taught us certain you know breath work. But for three, I'm proud of myself for like trusting three hours and that my body could do what he was telling me to do the entire time and not go into protection mode Yeah, and get myself too scared to not trust it, that I'm going to, that I was going to be okay. Yep. So that's a perfect example of kind of that, that ego part of me in protection mode, right? Tried it two years ago for the first time and I didn't let myself fully go Yep. because I was scared. Mm -hmm. And this time I trusted it and like completely went all in. It's totally worth it. There we go. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you <laughs> Thank did you. it. Me too. <laughs> and I, I'm Tim, thanks for letting me share that because yes, it was only a week and a half ago. Majority of, of our potential friends and family wouldn't understand the power of like my husband doesn't. It's fine, right? He supports me in the work that I do. But for me to tell him I went through a three-hour breath, he thinks it's, for lack of a better phrase, like voodoo and doesn't believe in it. And that's fine. Yeah. And my friend's husband said the same thing. And that's fine. But it's being able to share the power of an experience like that with people that are so open-minded and curious. There's that's It's true transformative healing work. Yeah. And the guy that led it, I could go on about him too, because he was taught that because he was a pro. He used to be, did some pro basketball and played college basketball. He's from Europe somewhere. And without injury, became paralyzed from the waist down for a year. Didn't know why. Didn't, wasn't a head injury or anything that caused it. But all of a sudden he couldn't walk for a year. Wow. Went to a master breathwork guy after trying the traditional medicine route. They couldn't find answers by doing consistent breath work. He was able to walk again. And it's why he does what he does now. That is insane. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's after, after we get done speaking, I'll, I'll share a link with you. Okay. Um, if you want, if you want to look him up. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Pretty cool dude. He's 29 and he goes all over the country and teaches these in cities, these breath work sessions. That totally is, worth it. That is epic. In fact, he may be coming to Texas. I don't know. He probably is. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals now. Tell us about your vision for you know your brand, your company, and your life. That's such a big question. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> it is, I, and I love it. So my my husband and I's vision for where we want to be, even in the next four to five years is we want to get ourselves an Airstream and travel all over the country. So for me to be able to do this work, this coaching and speaking, and to be able to travel around and do it, do it from wherever we are, coach from wherever I am, coach if I'm next to the ocean one day, or you know, keep in mind I'm in Indianapolis, so we have none of what I'm gonna be talking about when it comes to like where we wanna be yeah. with, with regards to being next to mountains or, our ocean and experiencing just different local cultures, but to be able to continue to share my message uh, that I'm so passionate about and it's therapeutic for me to even speak about it on podcasts and to different audiences. Cause there's so many layers to it that, that resonate with, with so many people, whether it's not necessarily stroke, but going through life-changing experiences and, and what you do with it afterwards. Versus kind of letting those situations control you. And I think grief, grief is universal. So I don't care if I'm going into a professional audience of, of CEOs or presidents or, you know, do not care about your title or role transparently. Yeah. I'm coming to talk to you as human beings. That's, yeah. that's what's very important for me to realize. And, and being in, in corporate sales, they were so gracious with me and uh, it meant a whole lot. But to continue to support people forward type of companies and businesses and how to, I mean, yes, there's a part of this retainment and engagement that's so important right now, but to be able to see 
the value of bringing in a coach to support their people on a different level, that could be a game changer for them. And, and that's what I'm looking to do, whether it's coaching and or, and or speaking is, yeah. is sharing that message. That's awesome. That's Thank awesome. you. So get an Airstream. Is an Airstream an RV? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're just like the silver bullets is what you could call it. They're awesome. Looking. I gotcha. And travel <laughs> yeah. all around the country, being able to coach from anywhere. And then specifically, you want to take the coaching to a spot where you're kind of partnering with people facing corporations to support their people. Yes. There we go. Way to sum it up. And so when you're saying partnering with people facing corporations, are you looking more at the small business route? Are you looking at the large corporations like Meta or Google? What are you thinking? I I feel like there's such value in smaller companies. Truthfully, like the heart of America, these small businesses, right? With 50 to 100 employees. I think that from a coaching standpoint, that route. From a speaking standpoint, I, I I really don't want to think that there's any opportunity off the table. Yeah. If I were to come and speak one time, and then and what I love to speak about is and what I've done this last year with regards to speaking engagements is all about victim mentality. Here's what victim mentality is. Here's what it sounds like. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it feels like. Here's where it comes from. That's, that's where it makes people feel a little uncomfortable because right, you've got to face it. You've got to face acknowledging, yeah, okay, I've played or I've adapted a victim mentality once or in this situation, or this is because I talk about here are examples of what this looks like, you know, when you start to blame others or blow up the world's smallest problem or take zero accountability for something that you were involved in. That's all, this is all trauma-based responses. A lot of people aren't ready to face like, oh, this is where it came from though. It's like when I was a kid, right? And had a situation with my dad or my mom or at school that I didn't ever deal with or heal from. That's anything you've never dealt with. It's going to continue to show up in your present life until you're ready to say, I, I've, I'm ready to acknowledge this now and understand where it came from. And why I'm showing up the way I'm showing up. And I don't want to show up this way anymore. Yeah, I want it to be different. And so what I talk about is embracing your inner warrior. We've all got one inside us. Here's here's how we can tap into him and her, him or her, and have, have you know, have them show up now. This yeah. is who I truly am at my inherent core. I no longer want to put on that mask to protect myself, right? Because that's all this is. It gives me chills to think about because it's so powerful and knowing. Yeah. And, I, and and it, when I speak, it's like acknowledging, yeah, I had this victim mentality, not proud of it, but I did in corporate sales coming off the best year of my career in 2016 to try and do it again in 2017. It felt different. I started to chase a number, chase the result versus yeah. trusting the process that worked for me the year before would blame another's not a sales rep specifically, right? But blame, oh, they have a bit better territory than I do. They have bigger accounts to sell to than I do. Was that true? No. Yeah. But at the time I started to believe that it was. Didn't know that it, all I had to do was look in the mirror, control what I can control, 
and, and trust the process, trust myself. Yeah. So many people, when I speak about this topic and I ask them, raise your hand, be bold and brave enough to share an example with us. Not many men do truthfully. Mm. It's the women that are willing to at least acknowledge. Yeah. This was a time I did. I can see that now. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I want to act differently now the next time or moving forward. It's, it's in here. And I give plenty of examples of here's how to embrace your inner warrior. Here, here are the things to do. A lot of it's, it's mindset work. Yeah. It's controlling your mind and not letting your mind control you, which no, is absolutely. what, <laughs> I mean, it's, that's easy to do. Well, is let your mind control you. That's when you start to believe the things that aren't true. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love how, uh, and the victim mentality creeps into a lot of different things. Like it wasn't just one thing. You mentioned a couple ways that it could show up. Mm. And um, you mentioned blaming others, not taking accountability. Would complaining be one of them? Totally. Yeah. Which is wild to me because a lot of people complain. And when you're in your like, when you embrace that inner warrior, there's like, you don't, like, you actually just don't complain. Like, in my mind growing up, complaining just seemed to be, like, a normal part of life. But mm. then embracing that inner warrior and just who you authentically are, like, it is not somebody who complains. Like, nobody is just, like, a, a baseline complainer at the root of your soul. It's not not how we work. And so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's just, um, I've seen it a lot in my, not only in my own life, but, like, in a lot of people around me growing up and like, man, it just gets you. It gets you specifically um, how easy it is to be influenced by society to embrace a victim mentality. Like I think of just growing up black in America and what the media is pushing out. It was easy to latch onto those narratives of like, mm. oh, if you have one encounter with the police, you're going to die, right? Like I firmly had that belief and then like you actually look at the numbers that is this true and it's like you're much more likely to like die by lightning than to mm. die in a, in like an interaction with the police as a black man in america so it's like there aren't that many black people dying in fact they they're probably just as many white people dying as black people but the news like blows up any story yeah. of a black person that gets mistreated by the police and it strikes fear and the rest of black people to where you're when you're growing up, man, your parents tell you, like, act certain ways, do certain things, avoid certain things that might be a part of who you are just because they want you to stay alive, you know, well intended on their end. And then yeah. it's well intended on your end, but it's just based on some false information. And um, yeah, it's like it produces that victim mentality where you get angry at everybody else because you feel powerless. Right. And then you turn around. And you start getting, you start blowing up little things. Like, mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was going crazy because I got to college and I went to a liberal arts college. Um, And I'm not saying this is bad. I'm not saying this is good, but they're really focused on racial issues. And so they, they talked about microaggressions and how little stuff can happen to you that nobody else sees as racist, but you can see as racist and that's okay. And I was like, 
I'm not going to tell people that's not okay. I'm not going to tell people it is okay. But what I will tell people is look at how it affects you. Because how it affected me is that then I started noticing microaggressions all around me. And I'd be super pissed off. And I wouldn't like people. I would blow little things up. And then I would say, you doing this stopped me from doing this. I'm like, that was objectively false. (laughs) Like That's not what happened at all. And so it was just this big thing of like, Man, it was this culmination of being black leading to like that victim mentality for me, which had me enveloped in anger and like pushing away people I loved and not trusting the people around me. And man, it was um it was shocking to realize that and then call it out. And then I yeah, I stopped like I really do not like to entertain the the racism card at all. Cause I'm like yeah, it just it messed me up. So <laughs> um I, I understand the, the victim mindset a lot. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. That's a powerful example. And it's kind of like choosing your heart and you yeah, it's hard to acknowledge, but then you're able to shift your perspective on it yeah. versus it being hard to stay where you were and it feeling angry all the time it's like choosing your heart what's what's harder yeah a lot of people don't want to choose uh the hard temporarily for like long-term gain right like versus if you choose this other hard that you think's easier no it's gonna feel harder for a really long time yeah just because it feels easy in the moment to make a hard decision does that does that am i explaining that well i no, yeah, no, I think you, I think you got it right there. Um, it's easy. So, so easy a, decision in the moment can produce a long-term hard outcome, whereas like the yes. hard decision in the moment may produce a simpler life, easier life for you to live long-term. But yes. One, one's easy to make now, one's hard to make now. Yes. One's going to be hard later and one's going to be easier later. So you just have to That's choose it. which hard you're going to go with. Yeah, that easy choices equal hard life hard choices equal easy life yep Yep. that's it it's it's everything's a choice everything what are we choosing right like we can't choose so much of what's happened loud noise that's out there right now and so many different issues right these all all these external issues we can choose how we're going to respond to them what we what 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 action we can take with regards to what's going on and that gives our power back versus giving yeah. our power to all that freaking noise. No, absolutely. <laughs> There's right so there much you. noise. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, are there any other dreams and goals that you want to mention? We got the, you know, partnering with corporations, getting the airstream and traveling around the country with your business and speaking about the ins and outs of victim mentality and helping people step into their inner warrior. Is there anything else that you want to, chat about on a dreams and goals perspective dreams and goals i mean it's certainly just it's certainly my dream to you know make as big an impact as i can and contribute to something bigger than myself and to empower others that they can do the same thing gotcha i mean that's that's not like a specific dream come true you know Oh yeah, it's, dream, like, but it, it's a guiding principle. It is, it is, and that's 
I, I think even just, you know, our conversation this morning, like that's, it's why I do what I do. You know, I think, I hope that you kind of had a, an aha moment today and was like, and acknowledging this, what victim mentality was. Yeah. That was powerful because you're not playing it anymore. Yeah. You've taken con- your control back, which is, that's everything. Yeah. And it got bad. <laughs> it got I, real bad. I can believe that. <laughs> that's pow- that, I mean, that's powerful. And I feel like more people need to hear that. Yeah. Just stories like that. It would just universally, you know, but you being able to share that, that specific and powerful example. Thank you. That was awesome. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Happy to do it. And if there were one or two skills that you needed to develop right now to make some of your dreams and goals come true, what would they be? Well, um, staying consistent yep. is, is, is big for me because being an entrepreneur, a solopreneur here, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah, it's not like I have somebody walking into my office, you know, pushing me or holding me accountable per se. It's up to me, Yeah. which when I said yes to creating a business, it was, I was so focused on like the coaching aspect of my business that you have to know all the back end pieces of a business as well that maybe are not my strengths or that I'm, you know, that I'm not good at and that I don't love to do. But it's like no one else, you know, I have to continue to find a way each and every day to, to grow and scale this thing. Yeah. So consistency and, and trust is, is a huge value of mine. It's a, it's a core value of mine. And it's a reminder for me every day to trust that I can do this. Trust the process. That it's working. Patience is another one. Stay, that's a big part of all of this is staying patient, right? And not looking so far ahead and thinking I have to be, that's, a, that's a, again, it's a limiting belief. I, I should be further along right now than I am. Mm-hmm. What's, what's true? No, I'm meant to be right here in this moment right now. Yep. That's it. And not judging myself for not being further yeah. along. Because I how is that serving me? It doesn't. No, absolutely. It's all those little intricate pieces of work that I have to do every single day. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. No, I I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> like even even with this podcast, like I think I have posted episode six hundred. Really? And, yeah. <laughs> and when I was on episode zero, I was like, Oh man, by the time I'm at episode six hundred, I'll be like Joe Rogan. <laughs> like, yes. I'll be as big as Joe, and so it's just a a realizing why why I started. B yep. realizing that I, I still love having these conversations, and C just like that not judging yourself, and yep. that patience, that perspective of like. So I've been posting daily. I did it in a year and a half, so six hundred episodes, about a year and three quarters of are you know one point seven five, one point five years, whatever it is. Thank Incredible. You. Yeah. But when I started, it was like, I was like, I want the long-term perspective on it. I want the 10 years. So I was like, I'm gonna give myself 10 years and I'm gonna post daily for 10 years. And then I'm gonna see what happens. Starting with that Lofty. perspective <laughs> and keeping that perspective are two very yeah. different things. Like, yeah, I was not thinking about a year and a half ago, how I would feel a year and a half later after posting daily. And so, you know, actually having that patience, um, 
it's easy to talk about it. It's another thing yes. to really be about it. <laughs> um, so anyway. Right. It's so it's it's so many um there's so many examples of talking about it and it's and it's sounding simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. And that's the thing, it is simple, but it's it is not simple. easy. Like it's like that's right. every day for 10 years. That is a very simple task. Yes. But then to execute on that task, different story. Different story. But it's like where are you where are you and I want to be? Like it's it's accepting the fact that it's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. Anything great is never easy. Yep. We, we got this. We both got this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, awesome. What are the highest impact daily actions that will take the needle forward towards your dreams and goals? I don't know if I love the word like organized, but having a structure with regards to saying like, here are three things I want to get done each day. I may have a list longer than that, but acknowledging if I do these three things, that's going to move the needle forward. Yeah. And that's okay. And for me, you know, working, working from home, it's like, if I give myself eight hours to do three things, it's going to take me eight hours. Yep. But if I give myself like an hour, right. Or an hour and a half or two, even it's going to take me two hours, you know? So it's really staying disciplined and knowing what the three things are, doing those, and knowing that it doesn't have to take eight hours. It's up to us. Like, so, so th that that's what it is for me. Staying clear on, okay, these are three simple daily goals or tasks that I want to knock out. If I do that, everything else is potentially icing on the cake. And if I don't do anything else, that's okay too. Yeah, I gotcha. And if there are one or two people you can meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help you? The number one podcast that I listen to, not every single day, but I've listened to all of her episodes is Mel Robbins. Mm. Mel Robbins for me is, man, she's my favorite. She's my favorite when it comes to motivation and change. That's what she's really good at. She's the number one female, like, motivational speaker on on these topics and habit change and all of that what i love about her is she's no filter on her podcast which i love brings the science on why these things work which i am not a science-based person but it also helps me talk about what i love to talk about with bringing the science to people that want and need to hear why this works and that it doesn't just sound woo -woo, yeah right when it comes to like why gratitude is powerful or positive affirmations or whatever those things are. It's like, no, here's why they work. Here's the, here's the, the, the back end, the science, here are the numbers of, of why this is true. And Mel came from, I mean, she shares all her hardships and I love that. Right. I don't, I don't follow people that have had an easy high road their entire lives. I want to follow the people that have, they are where they are now because they've been at the bottom. Yeah. Right. Like Lewis house, same thing. Mel Robbins, Brene Brown, Lennon Doyle. These yep. people are thriving now, but there are no overnight successes. They talk about their their rock bottoms. That's where the power is, what they were able to do with those rock bottoms. So those four people right there, just in a nutshell, are who I am inspired by because what they share matters and makes a difference. And it's so much from personal experience. 
Gotcha. Well, if there was an action step you could take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet and work with Mel Robbins, Oh, man. what would it be? I mean, I have not done this yet, but to somehow like acknowledge like one of her podcast episodes that like where I had a light bulb moment and send that feedback to her and send her a message mm. on how this episode changed my life. Not changed my life, but just had a, sh a huge shift in perspective for me. And there's so many of those episodes. Yeah. So, I, so to do that, I, I have not done that yet. So acknowledge an episode that had a large impact on you and send Mel the feedback episode of like, kind of like a testimony, a testimony. Yes. Type of thing. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So thanks for that reminder. I, I'm, I'm going to do that. I haven't done that yet. So, you know, um, Cutting down a tree with an axe, one swing will make a little bit of progress, but then a hundred swings will make a lot more progress. And I feel like sometimes meeting the people we want to meet, like real famous people, can be like, you need to put in those a hundred swings. Yeah. So if, as you continue to watch our podcast, don't like make a hundred of these in one day and then send them all. <laughs> but if right. you do that every time you had a profound, like, impact from one of her episodes and you just sent her a three minute video saying why she would start to know your face more than she knows any other fan's face and then i think that would ultimately kind of lock it in for an intro at some point down the road just thought i love the thought and i'm <laughs> excited about it so it's just it's just doing it it's getting out of my own way and doing it yeah and not judging myself for the video that i send right or be or even like I think even when it comes to social media in general, like I could easily get my own way and think that like what I'm going to say, nobody's going to hear it or it's not going to matter. Or I'm going to mess it up. They aren't going to know if I mess it up. Yep. I know that. Exactly. Right. So it's like, it's, it's doing it anyways. And so that's, I'm going to do that. Thanks Tim. Of course. Of course. Well, I awesome. Like uh, we got one last question for you, just because a lot of people typically want to know favorite book, movie, or podcast. And I know you mentioned the Mel Robbins podcast. So how about you give us a book or a movie? Yeah, that's my number one podcast. Uh, book for me over the last uh, 18 months or so, the one that stands out to me that I love is his name's Dr. John Deloney. Mm -hmm. And his book is Own Your Past, Change Your Future. And he, he's he's got his own podcast. I think he used to be a Harvard professor. I don't know if he's still doing any um, teaching there, but he just, that's what it is. That's what this is. It's his own perspective of we're all carrying backpacks, these emotional backpacks on, and there's bricks in our backpacks. How heavy are your bricks? How heavy are the stories that you continue to tell yourself that you have not yet acknowledged, right? Dealt with, healed from, resolved. How can we empty out some of those bricks in your backpack so you feel lighter moving forward and it, that just I loved hearing that perspective because that's what we're all doing especially over these last three years I think anything you have not dealt with in your past has only elevated or amplified in these last three years yeah so it's, it's like time to to face it and don't you want to feel lighter so many women I meet they're like they just those are the words they use I feel emotionally heavy well, let's not, I want to help support you and not feeling that. How, how can we make you feel lighter? Yeah. 
So that book is, it's an easy read. So good. Great perspective. Solid. Own your past, change your future. Dr. John Deloney. Yes. Cool. Well, Jennifer, that's all we got for you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Tim. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Of course. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? No, I, for anybody that listens to this and wants to connect, I would love that. I, I am very much um, open to, you know, having connection calls and, and what I call just exploratory is coaching something you're ready for in your life, whether it's me or for some, you know, or someone else. There's support out there for you. You're not meant to do this alone. No one's meant to. Connect. It doesn't have to be a family member that's going to help you or a friend that helps you, right? And that's where I was five years ago. I had amazing friends and family that wanted to help me. And I, I reached out to a, to someone that was this non-biased, non-judgmental person that helped meet me where I was and move me forward. And that's what I'm looking to do as well for, for, for your audience out there that's ready to make a commit, just commit, commit to themselves and commit to a better version of themselves. There we go. Well, you guys heard her. If you are uh, looking to connect, make sure to do so. All the links will be down in the show notes. We appreciate you guys watching and we will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show.